this is a rainy day. Right. Okay. Technically, uh, it's like more like a typhoon. Um, so you can use your <laughs> rainy day account with great pride. You did what you needed to do. Welcome to Sup Babe, your one-stop shop for stories, trends, and PSAs so you can live your best life. I'm your host, DJ Rosé, but you can call me Nicole. I'm a serial entrepreneur, fashion lover, and music addict. I'm like Cher from Clueless, but with a little more brains and a little less blonde. Today on the show, we're chatting about making big money moves and figuring out how we should be thinking about money during this crazy, weird time in our lives. Today, we have Farnoosh Tarabi on with us. She's an award-winning financial strategist. She's an amazing TV host. She's a best-selling author. She's been with Money Magazine, Yahoo Finance, CNBC, and so many more. So basically, if you've ever turned on the news, then I'll bet you've seen her face and heard her charming and disarming sense of humor that helps me kind of relax while I'm thinking about my bank account, which usually doesn't go in the same sentence. Welcome to Sup Babe, Varnoosh. How are you doing? I'm doing so great, Nicole. Thank you for having me. And I, I also, those are all my turn-ons too, fashion, music, money. We're going to get along really well. <laughs> I love that. It's, it's funny. I think people don't like, you know, they think I'm a DJ. I like post on my Instagram every day. They don't realize that like I actually read like financial news every morning, like That's morning awesome. brew and snacks. And so, I mean, I just like, I want to know what my investments are doing. I want to be continually learning, you know? I love it. Good for you. Yeah, I feel like money is like the only way to invest in our future. And obviously right now, I think with everything going on, people are more scared than they've ever been about their future. You know, I'm 33. I've been a DJ for eight years in New York City. I mean, my entire business is a coronavirus casualty right now. <laughs> you know? Um, but, you know, it's all, it's all how you look at things, right? Yes, it is a really challenging time for everybody. Uh, but I think it this is also going to make people um, stronger, more resilient. If you're willing to really look at the learnings, if you're willing, you know, just because you're not growing or moving around like you used to, doesn't mean you're not making progress. Um, Just simply sitting still and looking at the world through a new lens, being forced to sort of reckon with some of your choices in life. um, That's, that's progress, you know? Um, And so I, I have to look at life that way. Otherwise, I'd be, you know, I'd be hard to get out of bed. No, but I think that's brilliant, first of all, and probably something everyone needs to be reminded of. Like recently, I'm, you know, I think it's like a, it's a Corona roller coaster, right? Like some days are great. You're like, I got this. I can do a few more months of this. We're good. And then some days you're like, ah. <laughs> I know my son was like, my son is six. I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. And my six-year-old's like yesterday morning, he's like, mommy, is it is today your honeymoon? I don't know. <laughs> I think he he doesn't know anything about like he's learning about weddings and honeymoons. I don't know why he thought that. Wait, also and I saw him pop in on a segment. Yeah, he does that. He likes to come in. He knows exactly <laughs> the least opportune time for me for him to show up in my work. It's usually like around three o'clock in the afternoon. I um 
I need to learn to not schedule things at that time. But he's like, mommy, is today your honeymoon? And I was like, no. And then I thought about like, how can I make this into a funny tweet and give some moms out there something to laugh about? So I wrote, my son today asked me if it was my honeymoon. And I wrote, I guess the 10 a.m. cocktail gave it away. (laughs) Because I'm not a day drinker yet, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Anything afternoon is completely it's, acceptable It's a happy hour book. somewhere. <laughs> exactly. The 10 a.m. cocktail, know. you know, I usually let my stepmom have that one. That's a, <laughs> that one's reserved she does, for- She's uh, earned that. I mean- She's earned that. Yeah. My dad was quite the difficult dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for Noosh, I'm so grateful that you could come on and talk to us. I know that money's been on my mind. I'm sure that money's been on other people's minds. I mean, I'll share something personal, you know- I think I've sort of touched on this a little bit before on Sup Babe that my DJ business is, you know, incognito right now, nowhere to be found. It's down and out. And and it's not that I'll never DJ again, which obviously it does feel that way sometimes. And I really miss a good party. But it also, you know, has really impacted my lifestyle because we had serious contracts, you know, booked for six months. Now we're already at the end of that run um, that, you know, basically all fell out of contract, obviously, for legitimate reasons. And everybody's health is a priority. But It was really, you know, the first time in my adult life, especially in my adult entrepreneurship life, where I was like, whoa, you know, I can't spend like how I've been spending if I'm not going to work. I need to conserve. I need to get through this virus. I need to find new projects. Hello, sup, babe, to work on that I can bring to life that are positive, that can help people. And at the same time, I'm living in my mom's house right now. I'm just lowering the bills, babe. What can I say? We are saving so much money right now, which is the silver lining, I guess, to a lot of this financial wreckage is that our savings rate, our personal savings rate, guess how much people are saving on average right now? Just just take a guess. I'm like shocked because I I don't know because it's harder to save when you're not making as much, but maybe, you know, right. some people are making their full salaries, so that's great. Yeah, and they're, ma- they're getting unemployment, you know, they're getting something. Yeah, people who obviously have the capacity to save they're saving an average of 23% of so for every dollar they make they're pocketing like a quarter of it wow and and that, that may not seem like a lot but it's so much compared to what we used to be saving which was basically nothing I'll just put things in perspective. So if you're old enough to remember the last recession, which was 2008 2009 yes at the height of that people were saving eight cents for every dollar they made. 8% of their take-home pay. We're tripling that now. So sometimes people wonder like, how much worse is the economy now? And there are a lot of things, there are a lot of ways you could say it's worse. Like there, you could say like well, unemployment's higher. Um, more people are impacted by this because no one is immune to COVID-19. And so no one is immune to not losing their job or, you know, not getting sick and not being able to work. And so that's different and more serious. But also we're looking at how people are reacting to this in a different way, in a a more urgent way. They're saving 23% or 24%. This is like the last quarter of, of, of the year in the bank account, which is good. Do you think a lot of that is because 
right now as opposed to 2008, which I graduated a year after. So I am. You kind could of, go to the restaurants right. in 2008. You, I mean, like, you could go it was, on a vacation. I mean, I'm going to go yeah. out to the bar and drink if I'm depressed, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, girls. A night. lot of this is not because we're suddenly woke to the importance of saving. Yeah. A lot of this is because we just can't. I mean, I want to spend some money, but can't go on vacation. I can't go out and eat in a restaurant like I used to. I'm not buying clothes. I just dyed my own hair out of a box. Did you really? For the first time. Yeah. And it was actually fine. And you're on TV all the time. I love that. You're awesome. (laughs) I know. It was $28 to do it on my own. And I was a little scared in the beginning, a lot scared. Like I got the box and I was like, I stared at it for like two weeks. It like just kind of looked at me and I was like, am I going to do this today? Is today the day that I'm going to screw up my hair? Um, And I just, I did it. And I, I live to tell, you're looking at it. uh, All your listeners can't see it, but I saved like $200. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, it would have been at least 280 and you spent 28. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so I, I'm learning how to cook. I never did that. For sure. I comparison shop at the grocery store. I can tell you where to get the best deal on fish. Like I know where the seek I know where the savings are. You wanna, in, in, you wanna hear you know, the grocery store. You wanna hear a funny coronavirus story? In the beginning, yeah. I was trapped with my ex. I'm no longer trapped with my ex. We're all good. But I he literally <laughs> looked at me one night, like a month into COVID, and was like, Hey, um, how do you turn on the oven? I was like, Oh dear, what? yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. Yeah, exactly. I get it. I mean, you because you were living in New York. I mean, yep. my oven was a shoe rack. My microwave <laughs> was a bookshelf. Like I didn't use my kitchen. It was storage for my overflowing closet. And I have two kids. And so we and, you know, living in New York, that's one of the advantages. You have so many delicious restaurants right. and places to eat. And, you know, it's more money, but it's also like what you budget for in New York, right? You you know, you don't, um, have a car, so you eat out every night, you know, it's an experience for sure. An experience that I miss deeply because we don't go out to eat that much right now. And in the fall and winter, I'm going to be moving somewhere warm. So, okay. On to my questions for you. I have been so perplexed lately. Like I think when COVID all started, I was just certain that the stock market was going to like totally crash, right? So I started yeah. divesting a little, holding in- onto cash. I was very paranoid, especially because work was not going in the right direction either. So I started to really want to conserve, conserve, conserve. And then we've rebounded. Now we're a little bit above maybe where we were pre-COVID. I, you know, you're the expert. I'd look to you on that. But why do you think the stock market and the economy are so different and uncorrelated yeah. right now? And how worried should we be? Yeah. So this is very confusing to so many people. And I, the, the simplest way to explain this is, is there's a couple ways you can explain this. And I don't really know which is more of the definitive answer, but I'll, I'll, I'll just throw these, these facts out there. One is that the, the stock market is does not go toe-to-toe with the economy. What the stock market really reflects when you have a good day, a bad day, is the expectation. When people invest, and I'm talking about like not everyday people, but like institutions, Mm -hmm. like what moves the market is not you and me putting money in our 401k. What moves the market, what drives the market day in and day out is volume, is like, um, you know, a big company 
like a, like a, like Apple splitting its stock, right. you know, or like institutional money or Warren Buffett offloading airlines. Yeah, like it's it's large chunks of money being moved from one place to the other, usually driven by institutions and big corporations. It's not like one person going to the bank and putting a money in a mutual fund. That is part of it, but it's not what's going to drive the market that day. And, and so a lot of where you why the market goes up or down it's it the market is a predict is a predictive vehicle it's like investors think that unemployment is going to improve and so it's really like month what you're seeing happening in the market is like what you what the economy may be doing in the next 3 to 6 months because investors that's their perception so they're optimistic and they're putting money into the market that's one way to so look at it so it's forward looking it's forward looking as opposed to current day looking, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think that's normally true. But right now, I don't think that's actually what's happening. I think what's actually happening is that when you look at what makes up the market, most of the S&P 500, which is the broad market index, it's where a lot of our retirement money is in, mm-hmm. is tech stocks. Right. And tech is doing really well right now. For obvious reasons. The big five, you right? Know? Apple, Amazon, Apple, Alphabet. Amazon. So, you know, it's, again, not reflective of the day-to-day, the, the pain of the, of the economy, which is that people don't have jobs. It's these market drivers that aren't really a reflection of what's happening in the market, in the economy. So you also look at, like, gross domestic product, right? That's an economic indicator. That That is, like, the, you know, throw around these words, like GDP. Mm-hmm is really a calculation of is the country producing or not producing? Are we making money? Are we not making money? A lot of GDP is service-oriented growth, service sector. Whereas like the Dow Jones, which is another huge stock market index, is manufacturing. And manufacturing might be doing well, but service is not. So there's all these like disparate variables. The economy... What, what we look at the economy, we look at job market, we look at gross domestic product. Those are not necessarily things that are driving the stock market. Um, stock market is driven by corporate profits. Corporate profits that are largely in like with the S&P driven by tech profits. And tech is doing well. And so I think that also there's this, we say these things like the market is doing so well. It's actually flat compared to this time last year. Mm-hmm. It's not doing so much better than last year. It's doing a lot better than March right. when we had a nosedive, but we had nowhere to go but up at that point. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things where I think it, if, if to put a bow on this, I would say if there's any takeaway, it's that if you are a long-term investor, you want to invest for your retirement, don't worry about all this disparateness and this these fluctuations. Mm-hmm. Like, the the market's going to just do its thing while the economy does its thing. And the important thing is that if you want to grow your money, you have to be in the stock market. You have to invest it. You can't keep it in a bank account for Sitting the rest of your life. Sitting in cash like it's me just, when I'm real paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't worry about timing the market. I just had a, a listener write into me and say, you know, I've got, I have a Roth IRA. I opened it. The money is still in cash. I have yet to select whether I'm going to put it like in an index mm-hmm. fund or whatever. Uh, I'm waiting for the market to kind of have a a bad day. <laughs> like if your goal is to grow this money for the next 20 years, 
there's no data, there's no chart that says it was better to invest on Saturday of 20 of, right. of August versus Friday in November uh-huh. of the same year. Like what matters is that you started at your age at this in this year at, it's it's some within some time frame and that you rode the market for 20 years then you will have more money than you started and you will not be looking back and going you know I really wish I had invested on the Thursday <laughs> right. in June as opposed to like the 25th of August like it doesn't matter if he lets a year go by he or she lets a year then go by and doesn't invest then that might be yeah. a problem but okay so P.S. I feel like that person was not awake in March. I mean, like that. What? I mean, and why are they asking you this now? Yeah. But anyway, I want to just reiterate what you said and make sure that I'm codifying this for our listeners. So, because the S and P is so largely made up of tech stocks, the big five: Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Facebook, etc. Those companies are doing well in lockdown because what do you use when you can't leave the house? Tech. We've got nothing yeah. else. Yeah. Okay, so that's why we're seeing the stock market be so different from the economy. Is am I Yeah, that's a big I think that's that right? a huge reason. It's a huge reason, at least with the S&P 500. Um mm-hmm. and the Dow Jones comprises a lot of these like manufacturing stocks. Um whereas a lot of what we measure the economic growth on is the service industry. Like restaurants and travel and hospitality and things like that. Um, you know, we obviously do factor in things like manufacturing and that, but it's it's not apples to apples. And so the weight of, you know, um, the manufacturing in the, in the Dow Jones is heavier than services. And so you're going to see more uptick there than you are in um, economic indicators. Okay, that's interesting. So you also said something earlier, by the way, this is a really interesting conversation for me, and I'm learning a ton. So this is incredible. You said something that, you know, you're not really leaving the house, you're cooking, you're not shopping as much, because where are you wearing these clothes, right? I mean, I could wear this t shirt tomorrow, and nobody would fucking know. So I mean, maybe on Instagram, but I don't know if anybody'd call me out, right? But our like on our sub babe squad, we have like conversations over Zoom about what's going on in people's lives. And I felt like I wasn't spending on shopping because I have nowhere to go, whereas I'm used to having an event every other day in New York City or on the road. And some of my squad members are like, are you kidding? I've been spending so much. I'm buying all this stuff for my house. I've been doing all these DIY projects. Yeah. So I think it's I think people are pretty varied. But although it sounds like the research shows that more people are spending. But the question to you is, how should we be thinking about spending and saving right now? Because this is going to probably be a weird situation for a while. I love this question. I write about this. Um, I wrote about this for Bloomberg. I've written about this for Next Advisor, where I'm also a contributing editor. Um, I would look at it like this. Um, Do I have cash in the bank enough to sustain me if I lost my job tomorrow for the next six months? If the answer okay. is yes, then you know what? You have a capacity to go out and buy something for yourself now that's going to make you happy. And we're stressed right now. So the stuff that makes us happy, things like, you know, an experience, um, even though we can't have a lot of them right now, but like to your right. point, even your friend who's like sprucing up her home, like home is where everything is now. So if, right. if a repair is going to make your home run more efficiently, if you're going to like remodel a room to create a 
make an old bedroom an office now so you can be more productive with work. I mean, these are all, I would argue, investments, not just yep. frivolous spends. And you're doing it with money that you can that you can afford to to spend with. And I would so even the- say that if you have to finance the expense, like a lot of people are buying cars right now. And they're doing that with low financing. And I'm like, look, I'm not like a big fan of going into debt, but this is not high interest credit card debt. You're taking out a 3% car loan to Mm -hmm. what? To get a car that's going to give you access to get the hell out of Dodge when you need to because you're tired of living at home with your parents every day. And if you can go take the car and go on a hike. Nobody wants to take Uber right now. Nobody wants to take a cab right, right now. No one wants to take public transportation. Car sales are uh, through the roof. I'm, I don't know if I'm ever going on the subway again. I mean, you've, you fully left the city. So. I left. I'm in New Jersey. It was, a, <laughs> if we were going to plan to move anyway, but it was like, oh, oh, okay. Now we're really doing this. Cause this yeah. is, this is not a good, good place. Good time to be in New York. So the way that we should think about spending and saving right now is if we have six months of our cost of living expenses in our bank accounts, then we don't need to be as cautious, as tight-knit about saving. It's okay to treat yourself every once yeah. in a while. And I mean, look, um, we're talking about things that aren't necessities, right? If you have savings and you need something, then you use your savings, right? You right. you need to repair your car, because that's the only way you can get to and from. You need to repair um, anything. You need to pay for health bills. This is a rainy day. Right. Okay. Technically, uh, it's like more like a typhoon. Um, so you can use your <laughs> rainy day account with great pride. You did what you needed to do. Um, I'm talking about more like the extras that people are afraid to spend right now. I have a listener who was like, I, you know, I got a HELOC, which is a home equity line of credit, which is a loan against your home, which is a popular way a lot of times to like Mm -hmm. do a renovation. I have a job. I have savings. I have no debt. But I feel like it's not appropriate to spend money right now. And that's where I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You are who needs to be spending. You are the right person to spend. And by the way, you're helping the economy. If for no other reason, you know, help out Uncle Sam. So that's so interesting that you said that because this is definitely what, something I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I feel a sense of guilt whenever I use my savings to pay for something that's not like a necessity. So, I mean, how do you think we should be rearranging our mindsets around yeah. money right now? Well, I always think it's good to look at the numbers. So right now, if you lost your job, on average, it's taking people about something like 16 weeks, 17 weeks to replace Mm -hmm. that job. That's Um, a while. That's four months. Yeah. So that's why we say six months of rainy day, you know, is legit at this point. You could, it could take a little bit longer for you. So, you know, if you feel like your job is stable and spending on a a non-essential would require tapping into your savings, if it takes like 10% of your savings away, I'm okay with that. Just commit to replenishing it mm-hmm. within the next four to five pay cycles. Um, okay. But, you know, don't don't drain the savings to buy a fall wardrobe. Like that's not right. that's not good. <laughs> and go absolutely <laughs> And then nowhere. you have no job to like, nowhere to show off those clothes and nowhere to be comfortable in those clothes. Yeah. For sure. That makes sense. I feel like Heels and handbags are things we can totally live without right now. Yeah. Like I get, I, you know, Instagram apparently listens to you now and I'm like, 
why are you sending me fall fashion? Like, I don't, (laughs) did I say I was going anywhere? I'm confused. (laughs) That's funny. Um, Okay, so thank you. I think that's really helpful. So we should, we can use up to 10% of our savings for an expenditure that we think is really important. But if we do that, let's make a plan within the next four to five pay cycles to replenish. Yeah, and one last thing about spending in our our, our fears, our emotions around it. I think, you know, you want to check yourself. Why are you feeling the way that you feel? I find that, you know, there is a lot of guilt that comes with spending and you could be feeling that way because like your friends are hurting, they don't have jobs, your family, you know, you grew up in a culture where it wasn't, you know, you didn't talk about money. And so you want to celebrate a, like and treat yourself and, you, you know, you feel bad about it. But I think um, if you're in that camp, for me, I always find that it's helpful to like be really grateful, like a practice of gratitude for what you have will can go a very long way and, you know, giving back. So if you're going to buy yourself something nice, you know, do the Warby Parker model of buy it for someone else too. You know, like that's a real test of whether or not you can afford something if you can buy it twice. You know, you can buy one for yourself and someone else, but you know, you don't have to go that far. You can just, you know. But that you can use that as a test. Yeah. Should I have this or not? If I could comfortably buy it twice, then I guess I can get it. You don't have to do this, but I say it, it helps for people who feel especially icky spending for no other reason than just like something you know, they feel it's just, it's an emotion rooted yeah, in something. I think we all have a lot of weird emotions yeah. when it comes to money. Jay-Z <laughs> says, it was a Jay-Z quote, actually, you know, you can afford something if you can buy it twice. Really? I love that. Yeah. I don't know if it was in one of his songs or I don't know. That's really funny. Okay. Well, we will have to, to you can look that up. Misty yeah, J. Yeah. It should be easy for, for sure. you to look that up. We are definitely looking that up. Also, the last question I wanted to chat with you on is what are your top three financial predictions for the next year? Like, what do we need to know to kind of feel more safe with what's going on? Hmm. Well, I definitely think um, I'm, I'm an optimist. I like to think that people will prioritize their savings so this was my hope in the last recession. I was hoping that we were going to emerge feeling like, okay, we really need to get our financial acts together and save not just a little, but like as much as possible. I think that what happened in the last recession was we emerged and we had this 11-year bull market, you know, a lot of jobs, a lot of job growth. Like we soon forgot the pain that was the recession. But I think this time things are a lot more painful. And I think the good of that is that people are going to not forget and be more conscious about their rainy day savings and really protecting themselves financially. So I really hope that that will stick. That that habit, that 20, maybe we won't stay at 23%, but even if we go to 10%, that's still a, a record. Um, so that's one. I think that... Um, People are going to become less obsessed with where they live in terms of it has to be in this big city, near my job. I think that we're going to become a lot more like location agnostic, you know, where I just want to live somewhere where I can afford to live the lifestyle that I want. 
I have a good Wi-Fi connection. If I'm into nature, I have that. If I like the city, I, but your job is not going to dictate where you live. This isn't going to be true for everyone, obviously. People who work in mm-hmm. hospitals and schools, like they have to be in those geographical areas. But if you work in tech, if you, you know, are an influencer, if you're an author, if you're a software developer, like who cares where you live? Live where you want to live. Don't live because you feel like that's where the job is. I think that's going to also financially help out people who were forced to live in a higher cost of living area for the job. And as a result, could never get a home, could never build wealth, could never invest because all their money was going to pay for rent and you know, gas to Mm -hmm. get to their jobs. I had years like that. I hear you. Yeah. I mean, New Yorkers and most like, mostly I'm thinking of like people in the Silicon Valley area. Mm -hmm. I I do think these areas are going to get their groove back. I don't think that these cities are going to die and become less exciting, but I just think that, um, Company, this is going to be really driven by companies who are realizing like we can save a lot of money to have remote workers, you know, and so they're not going to require you to live. If you want to live in New York, you can, but they're not, it's not going to be like a prerequisite for having that mark, that SEO job. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like who cares? Yeah. Um, that job doesn't where you matter. live. I mean, it matters, so, but not where you live. <laughs> so now the third thing. I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I'm becoming so much more, like I'm trying to practice anti-racism in my practice as a financial advice giver and like some, someone who's, I'm, I'm picking up more on the, on the inequities in our world and how I have been sort of like not recognizing it and, and how can I be more of an ally in my financial life to others? So I think that, so much of the personal finance journey and conversation has been around my development, my personal wealth, my financial journey. And I feel like we need to not make it all about ourselves anymore, you know, and recognizing that if you've gotten to a place in your financial life, what was the privilege that got you there? And how can you pay it forward? And how can you recognize that in a way so you're identifying some of the, you know, the inequities in the world. So like, for example, you know, this expression that like, if I can do it, so can you, is like a really lame way of, of summarizing, you know, your message to the world. Like, look at me, I bought a house at 25, so can you. No, not everyone can do that. It's great that you did that, but tell us more about how you did it and and give us the granular, nuanced steps so that someone else who is not white, who is not coming from a family that maybe supported her, Mm -hmm. um, can do that too. So those those things, this is what I'm saying. I just think we're going to have a higher consciousness. I think that the consciousness level has been raised in our society in so many ways, right? About ra- racism and financial inequities and all that. And, and like, how can you as an individual be more proactive and anti-racist in all realms of your life? And for me, like in through my work, I'm just being more dedicated to like telling people how sharing these stories and how these, these different things that we can do to be more um, supportive of one another and recognizing that financial independence is not just a single person's responsibility. It's there's so many moving parts to that. You know, you got to have a government that recognizes that people need support. Um, you need companies to give 
the right benefits so that that person can be successful. You know, otherwise mm-hmm. it's the only, only the people who were born like with a leg up can become then financially successful, right? They, anyway, this is like a whole other show, but um, <laughs> this is what I'm passionate about these days. I think, I like to think that I'm not the only one. And to answer your question, I think this is like more of the direction that I'm seeing financial conversations go. There's just no excuse now to not recognize inequities and systemic problems and how they feed financial inequities. Are there ways that, like, I guess when you're saying that, that's to me, I'm thinking, okay, you know, a lot of people are talking about supporting black owned businesses or, Mm -hmm. you know, supporting female founders, right? They're getting hit harder. To give you some like steps. Yeah. You can support black owned businesses. You can become more transparent about- Oh my God, we got him. we got him. (laughs) My son's here. Hi, Evan. I love it. Hi, Evan. (laughs) Welcome to Sup, babe. babe. Um, (laughs) Support Black-owned businesses. Um, Be more honest and transparent about your financial success so others can really learn. And you don't just make these blanket Mm -hmm. statements like, oh, I just pulled myself up by my bootstraps and I did it. No, you like who helped you, you know, or what was the trick? Share that. If you run a business, making sure that, you know, you're putting, you're reinvesting your money into the community, not just like hiring um, a head of diversity, but then not, you know, Mm -hmm. actually employing people of color and putting your money back into the community where it's going to make an impact. It's things like that. I think it comes, it's kind of common sense stuff, but it's never been really at the forefront of how we approach life and money and business. Um, and now it needs to be. I love that. Okay. So just to reiterate them for anybody who missed one of your top predictions, I'll go over them. You can make sure you can let me know if this is right, Furnish. Okay. So number one, people will be more conscious of savings. They won't forget the pain from this pandemic. Totally agree. People will care less about where they live and jobs won't dictate as much where we live unless it's necessary. And people will be more aware of financial inequities in our world. And there's just a more, there's a higher consciousness now around all of this. Does that summarize it? Beautifully summarized. I love that. Thank you for making sense of what I just said. You made a lot of sense to me. So I'm glad I could be helpful. This was absolutely amazing. I am sure that our girls are loving this episode. Will you please just let everybody know where they can find you? You have your own podcast called the So Money Podcast. Um, Instagram. I love your videos on Instagram, by the way. Thank you. Good quick hits of info. So tell us where we can connect. Yeah. SoMoneyPodcast.com. You can check out the podcast there. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. But the website has all of it too, as well as transcripts of every episode. And then on Instagram at Farnu Tarabi. I'm growing a small community over on YouTube, although I've been very neglective of my community, but I promise to get back in the fall. Um, so you can look up uh, Farnoosh on YouTube as well. Awesome. And what's your Instagram handle for everybody? At Farnoosh Tarabi, full name. Perfect, guys. And I'm going to drop a link in the show notes as well. Farnoosh, thank you so much for coming on today. And girls, if you loved what you heard today, please don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us five stars. We'd be oh so grateful if you had time to write a quick comment. You can add us on Instagram at DJ Nicole Rose and at Pod. We hope we brightened your day, but that's all for now. You can tune in Mondays and Wednesdays in the morning to Subbabe, your one-stop shop for living your best life.